This is Woodward Tigers here. I'm see alongside me is Chris Brown and Cameron joining us as John is at the Michigan Michigan State game, which is about to start at two thirty, and we were all literally just caught off guard. I was at the comic book store, and then I got an alert, and literally the comic book store is like probably about five miles away from my house or five minutes away from my house, I should say. Jumped in my car and so yeah, there's a couple. Some of the Twitter reactions are already kind of really stupid. They're already comparing this to El Avila 2.0. So the trade officially went down like this. So the Tigers have acquired Nick Maton. Maton? Maton. 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 Okay, there we go, Chris. Nick, here's who they got here. Let me put it on the screen so everybody can see this because I realize it's probably be easier to do it this way. And we have video we're going to share, too, of all these guys, too, as well. So this is this is the who they got in so, by the way, you'll see that Cody Clemens is also going to Philadelphia. So, that's the names involved. Matt Verling and Donnie Sands. So, why not Alec Bohm? Because we don't need another right-handed first baseman. Also, yeah, I don't think you're going to get a starting player on a pennant contender for Gregory Soto, unfortunately. Yeah. So, no worries all for anybody who didn't make the stream on Thursday. But, yeah, there's, there's again, for the initial reaction about my initial reaction to the trade, really, if you look at some of Matt Burling's numbers, this is encouraging. You see the some of the exit velocity, max exit numbers. Now, Cameron, you had one too that was from, in terms of some, oh, I think it was the, there was a tweet that had some of the numbers he's involved in, some of the other players are follow up, right? Yeah. That tweet may be a little off because he didn't have 458 plate appearances last year. But either yeah. way, he did have a 80% contact percentage and a 45% hard hit contact percentage. And you can see there right on screen that that's 85th percentile in baseball. He puts yeah, the ball, ball in play and he puts it in play hard. Now he had 450 between AAA and the majors if they were counting that. I don't know. That would be kind of faking it but no no he, he very much my initial reaction to seeing him was he, he very much reminds me of the kind of outfielders that that the giants will randomly get the yastrzemski's or or like not necessarily the outfielders but but you mentioned wade lamont the other week the other day also like jason vosler these kind of mid-20s tooled up players who for whatever reason couldn't couldn't find purchase in some starting lineup and now they're getting a chance here I, I think he's probably the main piece of the deal for just from from perusing this and and yeah he looks like at the the worst maybe just like a very versatile tooled up player who's gonna be moving around the lineup for the next in the out in the the defensive field for the next two three years so initially youper i was gonna ask you before i know you're a little busy this afternoon <laughs> what are your initial thoughts about the trade well, obviously, I was really interested that they swung a deal with uh, Dombrowski, and we know his trade history is pretty good. He doesn't lose too many, but he's not batting a thousand either, so that probably doesn't mean a whole lot. Looking through the names, they seem like the players that were described when Harris took over. I was kind of interested in Donnie Sands' backstory. He drafted as a, an infielder and kind of came to catching as a as a pro, so he could be someone who is a, a bit of a late flourishing player. So. If he's the backup catcher, see some time, that might be pretty good. Also, Donnie Sands sounds like a Vegas lounge singer, which I kind of <laughs> like. <laughs> so, but 
in terms of Maton, our mate, how we end up saying his name, he should see a lot of time at shortstop and I think worth a look. Now, would I have held Gregory Soto until the next trade deadline versus taking this package as players? Maybe, but I'll call, I'll call this one a clean single. Yeah. And then here's, by the way, there's Matt Verling here. We got to pawn some thanks to YouTube on some clips and we'll show in some of the other players involved in this trade here shortly. But no, it, here's the thing, it, Cameron, I'll actually, you know what, little, Cameron, what was your initial reaction? And same thing with Chris after that, and then we'll kind of break down the players a little bit. My initial reaction was a little iffy, but then once I actually started getting into the nitty gritty of the fan graphs and the baseball savant, I was like, okay, I see what Harris sees. I see why he likes these players. What about you, Chris? You just literally woke up to this, right? <laughs> yeah, so I, for some back, background, I have COVID. And they put me on the Paxlovid, which which is good. It seems to be knocking out the COVID. But man, was I having some weird middle of the day dreams. I was <laughs> I was using a dog grooming brush to shave my neighbor's back. And but I wish I was lying about that too. But no, one of the things we talked about a bunch this year is if the Tigers have arms to move and they don't have bats, right? There's some guys coming up through the system, but they have and we thought that their best trade assets were probably their relievers. They already traded Jimenez. They traded Soto now. Um, and my longstanding philosophy is that if you're not going to be good, then good relievers do you no good. Like, it's nice to be able to close out games and, and stuff like that, but the relievers have such a short shelf life that by the time you're good again, the odds are that Soto is not going to be still, basically. That's just the way the relievers work. So you trade him now to a contender where he can help, and you get some interesting pieces. Like, I, I did not think, we've talked about it, with Soto has some value, but I didn't think he was going to bring you back a King's Ransom because there's just a little bit too much volatility there. And he's he's not going to be closing for the Phillies, right? Like, he's going to be just another big arm in their bullpen. So you're getting kind of a, a platter of interesting utility guys here. And I think that's fine because the Tigers need more position players, right? And, and Cody Clemens, that's, I'm not, terribly sad to see him go like I, I had no ill will towards Cody Clemens I just don't think he was ever going to hit enough to be a valuable player but maybe as some sort of platoon bet for the Phillies he can work out so I think it's a fine trade for now and it gives the Tigers some more interesting position players and the thing is my initial reaction to was just at first like just the players some of the names and the only one I knew of was Sands because he's on an MLB pipeline prospect list and I kind of knew him as a line drive here but the other two I wasn't not really familiar with but after quick, 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 deep dive. I think there's, Chris, you bring up a great point. The Tigers don't have enough position players of, of depth. And and what in terms of in terms of Alex Lang being a closer, by the way, in, in chat, David Fly mentions that. Yeah, definitely. Probably could see that happening. But right now, they are going from a position of strength. You have, you have Reese Solson, who could be a reliever. You have some other prospects down. Red and white now becomes more interesting because... If he comes out in spring training and does what he did in Geary last year, you could be you could see him either starting the season in Toledo or joining the Tigers right away on opening day. Yeah. And again, that's why Brandon White was so valuable to bring up on the forty man roster because he does have good closer material. He has really good fastball sliders, pretty good too. But again, even like a guy like Donnie Sands, like Donnie Sands also sounds like a, a Boston name too. Donnie, Donnie Sands. <laughs> That was my <laughs> terrible Boston accent. I'm terribly anybody, sorry. Anybody named Donna, yeah. Yeah. So, so 
CC Gaming cracked me up. I like the trade a lot. It gives the Tigers, and look, Sands might be just a backup catcher. Or we don't know exactly who's going to be yet, but that's okay because you know what? If you look down at Toledo, if you look down at Neary, they don't really, in terms of like, for example, the Tigers have been releasing and bringing catchers in all winter long. Yeah. So they weren't comfortable with what they had down in Toledo, down in Erie, because you had Dingler, of course, that I mentioned. We also have Josh Crouch, but those guys are not ready to come up yet. Sands gives them a kind of a placeholder. You get along with Rodgers. And also it gives the ability to freedom to play Eric Haas back in the outfield. And I thought Eric Haas in the outfield is actually a pretty good bat to have out there. So to me, I think these guys, and to answer Harris's, Harrison Garrett's question, Yes, I think they're better than Rays, the Castro brothers, in not necessarily Candelario. I can't really answer that right now because Candelario, I think, just had a really down year. I think he's going to show some people in Washington. But then again, I look at his winter league numbers, I'm like, maybe not. I, I don't know. It might be in between the heads, in between the ears a little bit. But I, I like the fact that the, this trade happened because I think under Avila, this trade, the Tigers would ask for the moon and the stars, and it would have been like this whole shebang a bang and, and the more you th- the more you find out about what Avila was shooting for he was shooting for players that no the Tigers had no business acquiring they're like you want a number one four prospect <laughs> not happening and I think that's the big thing here here and as our friend Mark would say process and profile and that's what the Tigers have here they have they have a player they all these players fit that kind of profile that Harris has and here's here's some more highlights here Thanks to Cameron, we found this one here. And this is Nick. Did saying his name correctly? Newton or Mate Maton? Madon, yeah. So, ooh, I like that. All right. I like, yeah. See here, we got some people. And you're never going to have enough catching depth. That's right. Some of the comments here. So, a lot of people like this move so far. Some of the people that have been chiming in on this. But, Uper, the one of the other questions I wanted to ask you was in terms of. The, the roster, by the way, the 40-man is still at 38 as of right now. But in initial, in terms yeah, of like utility, on it? as of right now, there's, again, no, no. So Sands okay. was on Phillies, I believe. But so yeah. it would be a so they'd be up to 39, right? Yeah, that's correct. I would so that. Uh, we'll go back to you for here in a minute. But uh, no, in terms of, in, in Cameron, so I'll go back to you about this for a second. In terms of even a guy like a utility bat like this, like, Nathan, do you think there's anybody right now currently on the Tigers that has kind of his versatility like that? Because I, I think he's got a good swing, too, and some of his numbers suggest there's some potential there. Yeah, no. You see, he's just a better Harold, Harold Castro. He's more versatile, more athletic. Probably doesn't put the ball in play as much, but you're watching the highlights right now. I think the first highlight was him placing down a perfect bunt. To It was a squeeze bunt that he ended up the runner scored and he got on first. And then the next highlight was him hitting a line drive home run. And like Harold Castro couldn't do that. Harold Castro didn't have the athleticism for that. And he, he's a good, he's a good, he's a better fielder than Castro. He, we're, we're up, upgrading our depth basically. And yeah, I like it. And, and, and you, I was going to say the one of the things I know that you're, the concern about spending because you're out of all the all of us here among a rotation of podcasters here that you're the one that has been beating the <laughs> horse the, the being the drum being the horse being the drum the most about the tigers not spending here yes. and it brings up a question that we had somebody bring up in, in harrison in the youtube chat who's going to play third base so now 
you think the Tigers, in your opinion, are going to address that or just let the players play? Yeah, well, obviously this trade kind of came out of nowhere today, so it's really hard to say they're not going to bring in a third baseman from elsewhere, but I think this gives them a couple of another option to put there, which is a good thing. Also with Veerling, I see he plays some first base. People were kind of thinking they needed to add some help with Torkelson as well. So that gives them another option at first base, depending on what kind of start Torkelson gets off to. So I just think the trade addresses some needs they have and adds to the third base mix. Right now, if I had to say, I'd be surprised if they made a major move at third. I think they have a lot of these smaller options that they can run through. Yeah, and, and you know, there's... It's, go ahead, Chris. Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead, Roger. So, no, 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 go ahead. No, no for real. Like, I've, I've been talking too much. Go ahead. Well, I was going to go back to Verling, though. So if you have something on make time here, then that's... No, but, yeah, go ahead with Verling. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I'm, I know we've already kind of touched on this, but I was looking at... So we had Mike Petriello from StatCast, MLB.com, on, on the other night, and we were talking about so, some of the stats they use, and he said uh, basically he prefers hard hit rate to average exit velocity, max velocity, whatever. And uh, Matt Verling had a 10th highest hard hit rate in baseball last year among hitters with at least 250 batted balls. And, like, the nine guys above him are kind of legit. You've got Jordan Alvarez, Yandy Diaz, Alejandro Kirk, Juan Soto, Andrew Vaughn, Vlad Guerrero Jr., Aaron Judge, Mookie Betts, and Jose Abreu. And then Matt Veerling. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. They may have, he may just be a collection of interesting stat cast parts right now, but there's a, a lot there to seemingly like. Also, you, you touched on his sprint speed. He's probably a legit center fielder. Yeah, like th these are guys who could grow into solid players. So I think there's a lot of upside here. Something so that I... interested me about Verling, Verling's page is he's hitting the ball hard. He's not even barreling the ball up. Like his barrel percentage is 3.8. So, like, what happens when he starts barreling the ball up? Is he going to become a, a Jordan Alvarez? Like, plus something uh, I think where he's pretty fast. Yeah, like, so does, I, that, does that, is he hitting a lot of balls on the ground then? Is that what uh, the issue is? I'm seeing a lot of singles up the middle. So, the thing with Erling is he got very unlucky last year. I actually wrote it in my tweet here. So his he batted 260, 309, 374. 374 slugging. His expected slugging was 408. So he was getting relatively unlucky. His Wobo was 285. His expected Wobo was 327. So maybe in Comerica, he gets to shoot the gaps more and he sees more doubles and triples. Very interesting savant page. Yeah, for sure. One of the things, too, that mentioned, and Harrison mentioned this, too, that Verling played a few games at third. He played all three field out, outfield spots. And that's right there is exactly why you want to bring somebody in like like Verling because it doesn't limit you on pegging or putting him somewhere. Well, so, like, for example, I think Castro last year did it out of necessity. It wasn't because of anything of strength, rather. It was, in a way, yes, he could play any position, but could he play any position very well? It was serviceable. In this case, it might be the same, but at the same time, the only thing I have against Matt Verling is that he went to Notre Dame. That's about it, but I'm just all jokes <laughs> aside. Well, I mean, we've, I've joked before about, like, there, there are two types of, like, super utility players, right? There's the guys who can play anywhere and the guys who can't play anywhere. 
It's like Ryan Rayburn was kind of a super utility player, right? Because they couldn't find a place to play him on defense. Eventually, it was like, I guess left field. Hey, Vierling and, and Maton both seem like guys who could stick at center field and shortstop. And yeah. like, that's their best defensive position. And then they play elsewhere, which is exactly the sort of utility guy you want. So we haven't sat here and watched these guys for inning after inning to see their deficiencies or whatever. But I, like I said, I think there's upside with both of them. And the bottom line is, is that Gregory Soto, while good, was not really going to change the fortunes of the Tigers over the next few years. And I think that uh, maybe one of these guys could. And look, I know, Jim, I know saying, look, he has a minus two war. He's 26 years old. I get it. I understand that. Be that as it may. Again, you're getting, you, for, for Gregory Soto, who has two years left of control. I don't know, like, to me, look, I, I'm big, I've been the one staunchly, in terms of us defending Gregory Soto, every time he had a blow, people just go, they, they freak out. Again, same percentage in the 90s. If, I don't think, it, I look at it this way. Guy Harris was, just pull the trigger. Who knows, again, I mentioned this earlier, who knows what Avila would have waited for? You're getting three players that fill a spot. Is Donnie Sands your catcher of, the, of tomorrow? Probably not. You're looking at right now, all the like I mentioned this earlier again, all the catchers they were going through in the waivers in the last month, there has not been a guy who was going to stick around. And as far as walk rates go and those kind of things that, that fit that profile, there's at least there's a method to this madness, at least. But for Gregory, again, I don't know what were the Mets offering for Gregory Soto. Who knows? I don't know. And maybe the Tigers are not even done yet. I'm not sure. But for once, we can sit here and actually discuss a trade that go and look at the players and go, all right, I could see that. When you got, when I think of Dalwal Lugo, you're like, what? What, what are we what are, what are we getting here? And there was not like there's none of those players were ready to even come close to contributing. I'd rather the proof is in the pudding. Lugo is still has a major back to the major league since he was cut. Unless I'm missing unless I'm, I might be missing something. But again, Ani Sands is better than what you're gonna have at Triple A Toledo. Simple war, war doesn't tell the full story. Willie Castro had yeah. a 1.2 war last year. You, you want Willie Castro back or you want you want Verling? I, I'd much rather have Verling. Yeah, well, it, and you could even look at like his his war last year seems to have been kind of dragged down by defensive numbers, which are always sketchy, right? Like you can you can look at his ex-Woba, which was 327 last year, which was two points higher than his ex-Woba in 2021 with the Phillies, in which he had a 121 WRC+. Plus. And last year it was 81. It was 40 points lower despite having a, a higher x So something something isn't quite right there. They expected, like like Cameron was saying, there's some really bad luck happening to him, it seems. So, yeah, I don't know. He's, he's an interesting gamble, I think. And even, even if it is nothing but a replacement for the Castros and, and Victor Reyes, they are younger and have more tools, basically. I, I thought Willie Castro was pretty tooled up, but these guys are younger, so they cheaper if you will you have them for longer and you have more time to figure it out and maybe these are just harris's castro's and reyes's we'll find out but i don't know it, something had to change right it was the worst offense in baseball so they got to add some pieces yeah for everybody's gonna everybody's been complaining rightfully so the tigers haven't done anything we talked about this on, and look and and i like what jim said look he's he's not a solo fan 
he was not he was traded. I like his honesty. Been hard to believe this is all you can get. I understand that, Jim. I look at it this way. As far as what Scott Harris has been able to do so far with Jimenez and Soto now, they haven't been able to do anything the last year in Revilo with it. And I'm trying to look, I'm not, I know, I know I'm comparing some, comparing the two of them, but that's the only thing I can do right now. I just don't see Avila doing something like this, where he's getting at least three or four parts that can go, okay, you can see the versatility where they can go. And, and these are big, really big league ready parts. It, it, who's to say that, that he couldn't have got a package of more intriguing low minors lottery tickets? He probably could have. But is that what the Tigers want? Is that what he wants for the Tigers right now? Probably not. He probably needs more bodies at the big league level. And, and the faster you get guys like that and, and figure out if they can play or not, the faster you're going to get the thing turned around. So you're not, we're not perpetually waiting on somebody in A ball to, to pop, right? So, and these guys still have a little bit of upside. So I, I, I understand the process of it. It does, the, these aren't top 100 prospects, household names, whatever, but I don't think you're, you're not going to get that for closers in general unless they are the elite of the elite. Edwin Diaz in his prime, Rolls Chapman in his prime. It, it just doesn't happen. Yeah, this is the calculator risk that he talked about in his opening presser. He's getting rid of the closer of the team to try and get some plug-and-play pieces to make the worst offense in the league better. Donnie Sands, the more I'm looking at his Fangraphs page, the more I like him. He AJ Hinch, yeah. A- he walks a lot for a catcher. Gets a- yeah. He kind of looks like Alex Avila in the walk K category. And I remember the start of last season, AJ Hinch was so high on having three catchers on the roster. So mm-hmm. I think that may be their plan going into this year. Let's try out three catchers, use Eric Haas more versatilely get him in the outfield get him at first base if torque needs a day i hope i hope we i hope we see donnie sands this year he's he's 26 he should get some mlb at bats again it gives you that position versatility of putting Haas back on the outfield again who is a serviceable outfielder and for me gregor soto by the way gregor soto anthony castro the first two people i interviewed ever tagging my little report well this was before even the minor league report was a thing quote unquote um that talked to both of them in Spanish. It was really cool. My Spanish at the time was still very rusty, but Soto and, and Castro both were really cool about it. And this is when Soto was getting back over at West Michigan. So kind of a take away the emotional aspect of it all. That is good for good for Gregory Soto. And I think that this is for him an opportunity to go to the National League. Maybe they fix his slider, who knows, and, and becomes the lead guy because he wants to be the he wants to be the closer that's the role he wanted and he worked on it since winter league when he changed his windup where he got rid of that big leg kick and, and simplified things and again i will still stick up for him no matter what because i think not because even the interview thing aside there is an arm there guy hits 99 to 100 on a regular basis he's got movement to his stuff as far as cody clements go because i really haven't there's a lot of jokes about him pitching the, the bullpen and everything. For Cody Clemens, this is an opportunity for him to go to the National League. And you know what's funny to me is Cody Clemens, like 20 years ago, fits that National League profile. Like that scrappy infielder that can play any position. And But in this day, age, you got to hit. So hopefully you can figure that out. And Eddie was one of our first interviews we had on Minor League Podcast where he mentioned that Brock Deffridge plays a lot of the farm Similar farm simulator. That's right. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Those, those great interviews. A country boy. He likes to play the farm simulators. When he's not farming, he likes to play pretend farming. Yeah. That's all. 
so much ingrained into it. But overall, you too, know, there's. It, go ahead, Chris. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm. We've talked about the uh, the website Baseball Trade Simulator before, I think, and, and it's very much for entertainment purposes only, right? It doesn't reflect the perfect world scenario of how much players are actually worth in trades. Oh, and do you have it? Do you have it pulled up? Do you have it pulled up? Well, I've got it on my screen. It. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead and share it. Yeah, yeah let me let me see how I gotta figure out how to do this because I am not oh, yeah, a technological present. one. Let's oh. see. Present and uh, present. He's presenting. Share a screen. And then tab. You should be able to do our screen. Can you do camera? I'm not sure if you can. You should be able to too. Log team, uh, stream your entire screen. No. Tab. It should be Google. I don't. Tab. Okay, we're we're it's always getting I... that set up. No, it's all right. It's all right. What if I? Uh, what if I just? Yeah. Well. If you want me to send me a link, and yeah. I'll just do it. I can All do right. that, but I, I actually don't think it. I can send you the link of the actual trade, and I could just spell it out for you. Basically, that that according to this, Soto is worth two point one, and Clemens is worth one point five. So you got three point six, whatever baseball trade values units you're talking about. Whereas Maton is eight, Sands is one point six, and Veerling is seven point two. So sixteen point eight to three thirteen point six, according to this site. Yeah, that 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 doesn't quite capture reality i think but i think they're putting a lot of value into years of control and and you have these guys for i think a total of 16 years compared to the two or three of soto so and and clemens so at least from one weird internet entertainment only site the tigers really crushed this trade according to that i i, I don't buy it by that amount but i think i think it is a, a pretty decent deal for them are they so accounting got... in that Soto's an all-star? <laughs> I don't know if they value that. I think they value mostly yeah, years of, of team control. On the uh, on the Philly side, they now have Jose Alvarado and Gregory Soto, which combined for 81% of the 100-mile-per-hour pitches thrown by left-hand relief pitchers. There you That's go. from Ces- Ces- Cespedes Family Barbecue on Twitter. So. And and we know intimately how Dave Dombrowski works, right? He doesn't care about minor leaguers or prospects. It, he likes guys who can perform at the big league level, and he doesn't want to wait. And, and in that division, he certainly doesn't want to wait on, you know, guys to to figure things out. The Tigers have time to let these guys figure it out. And Dombrowski, I'm sure, is looking at those other teams and going, like, we need as many weapons as we can to take down the Braves, take down the Mets. It's so good, good for them. Yeah, and, and ultimately it comes down to the fact that, yes, the Tigers are going to – are the Tigers going to be good this season? Probably not. Are they going to contend or anything? Probably not. And again, I don't know why we keep counting the years of the rebuild kind of thing. Because I, I stopped doing that a long time ago. Because quite frankly, it, it's just, it, it's a fruitless exercise. When did it happen? What have you? It's one of the most argumentative or beaten down argumentative things on Twitter that I just like, I'm, I'm over it. The Tigers are going, the numbers last year in terms of offense, you have to do something. Anything, it's, it's, I know it's like, okay, well, they're, they're making the effort, but they're revamping the entire front office. They have revamped their coaching staff, their training staff. They are, they had to do this again. And Chris has mentioned this numerous times. Last year was a great year of development, but too, too little, too late. And so I think if you, how this is going to work out too, there's a question that came up on our Tigers Discord. And by the way, if anybody wants to join our Tigers Discord, it is a, a very active chat. Pretty cool. It's those talks baseball the entire time. I'm going to put the link in our YouTube. I didn't do that the other day, but I am now. So if you want to join our Discord, it is Twitter with less. Well, excuse me. It, it looks like Twitter, but it's not without all the assholes and 
stupidity that comes with it. So anyway, so it's in there, but it's at least some of them. <laughs> no, actually, I, I think our group in Discord is really, really cool. Yeah, very Pretty good people in there. Yeah, so if if you're also on Reddit and you want to join us in our Discord, that's fine too. That's how Cameron found out about us. So, and look at it this way: there's somebody that brought up in Discord that what about Austin Meadows? So, like for example, he's gonna be could be traded to the Yankees or or something to that effect. Rangers, maybe Rangers or something like that. It does make him a lot more of a, tri- a versatile person to trade, but I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't think it's a good idea right now. Oh, I mean, Chris. well, if you're think of yourself as another team, are you going to trade for Austin Meadows right now after last year? Maybe if I can get him for nickel on the dollar, but I, I wouldn't think the Tigers are, I, I would think they'd at least want him to, to hit for half a year, right? To, to prove himself again. And uh, I don't know, like they've got room for this. They Meadows can play plenty of DH. Veerling can play everywhere. And, and we discussed it before the way Riley Green plays center field. He's going to break a bunch of stuff this year or soon because he has to dive a thousand times. So it's nice to have more bodies out there. Yeah, you, Cameron? I, I like Austin Meadows. I'd, yeah. Um, I I think people would be surprised at how much Cabrera plays this year. Well, the lack of how much Cabrera plays this year. He'll probably play 50 games at home, one out of three games. Every, every time they go on the road, he'll probably get one game a series for the away crowd. But I think that leaves a lot of room for Austin Meadows to DH. Hopefully won't get hurt DHing. And uh and yeah, Austin Meadows has to reprove himself. And then I want to see Austin Meadows and Parker Parker Meadows together in a Tigers uniform. Uh, look, I, I like storylines like that. And I do too. And look, the one of the things too that AJ Hinch has mentioned that he would probably more likely have Cabrera play first base a couple times, but being in a dugout last year. And hearing, uh, sometimes hearing Cabrera talk to other people about his knee and, and Spanish and how how sore it was and everything. More likely now, you're gonna have Verling. You're gonna have have. Keep forgetting his uh, drawing a blank on his name again. Matten, Matten play first base too. So that already kind of one of those things where you have now a little more position versatility to keep Cabrera fresher, if you will, and. I think with Cameron, excuse me, with, for some strange reason, with Cabrera, with Meadows, as kind of like a platoon situation in DH, they'll allow for ruling this, provided he makes a team. The only, it, again, this is a thing where there's no announcement with what they're going to be yet. And Scott Harris will probably say something here the next day or so, maybe the next couple hours, who knows. But nevertheless, it does give Cabrera an opportunity to, to get at bats where he doesn't have to press and, and, Gives them the middle position versatility. And Alex came up with a really good question here. What role do you see Kerry Carpenter playing? That's that's a very good question. Chris, I'll let you lead off of that one. That's that that's a loaded question, really, to me. That's there's a lot of things you can do with them. Well, I think we talked before about the, the outfield itself is it's still kind of thin, just to, based on the 40 man roster, where you have you have two Meadows guys, brothers, if you will. You've got Green, you've got Badu, and you've got Carpenter, right? Those are the 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 uh, five outfielders, I think, with Meadows get some time at DH. I think we can see Carpenter get some DH at bats too if they just if he's really because they they want to really work with him and he wants to be a defensive player. But maybe sometimes uh, focusing on that too much 
can be detrimental. I also could see him spending plenty of time in AAA, right? The one thing we've talked about with Harris is a lot of these waiver claims they're making, they then release the guys and try to sneak them down to AAA. I think he really wants to build a like a closer I, I don't know, he wants to to shrink the gap in talent between AAA and the majors. If that makes sense. And so I think it's very possible that, that Carpenter could be a AAA for most of the year. But I also think that they're going to give him a very real chance to win the starting left field job because he was one of their best hitters down the stretch last year, and they need hitters. So I don't know, I, I think it's going to be a real competition in spring training and probably for most of the season. Already, uh, Fangrass has already updated this very quickly as Nick Mayton is going to be the third baseman right there in the Donnie Sands. And Verling on the bench. So just a quick update on that. I thought that was pretty, pretty cool. They had that done relatively quickly. So, but as far as Carpenter goes, for me, uh, Cameron, before I think if it's just going to be a battle of who has the best spring training, who can go out there, put the consistent at bats, and let it kind of be in terms of Riley Green's could be a lock, but the rest yeah. of the outfield really. It's I, I mean, even Austin think- Metal. Austin Metal. Go ahead, Cameron. Sorry. Yeah, I think between Carpenter and Badu, it's going to come down to who puts the ball in play harder. I think they both have the same issue of hitting the ball straight to the second baseman and rolling over it. Um, so I think whoever does less of that and actually puts it into play harder will win the job. And I think Carpenter does that more than Badu. I guess Badu has the speed upside, but I, I see Carpenter up. winning the battle. Yeah, like fully functioning Badu also walks about twice as much as Carpenter. And, oh, and that too, yeah. So, yeah. but you're right. Like if they need impact and, and Badu can hit the ball hard, he just doesn't do it very often. So yeah, I would give Carpenter the, the edge right now, but Badu can theoretically also play center field. So if you want more versatility, there's that. I don't know. It, it'll be, you know, Hinch is going to have some fairly difficult decisions to make in spring training, I think, which is always good, right? You want you want guys competing for it and winning the job, not just getting the job because there's no other options. Yeah, and, and again, this is something that last last couple seasons and just working with what he has, which is maybe why him and Avila clashed quite a bit. This is what he's he was working with what he had. Now he can he had, perhaps he had some input on this trade. I, he was more involved. He was out in San Diego in the winter meetings. He's been more out there involved. So. This gives him a little more position versatility and people that can, it's just, you look at Harold Castro, 3%, 2%, Willie Castro, same thing. The Tigers last year had so many situations where even in accounts where they were down in counts already one and two pretty quickly, they weren't working accounts at all. And these are guys that can do that. And again, that's a small little thing, but it goes a long way considering that you averaged one of the lowest offenses in over 100 since the dead ball era. In certain, I mean, the, the, the Tiger, the 22, 2022 Tigers are ranked among the dead ball teams in, in Tigers history. That's pathetic. I'm sorry. That is beyond pathetic. The, the dead ball era, they couldn't hit any home runs. This team could barely do that. And with someone we talked about with, with Mike on Thursday, is that that cast from 2021 to 2022. There is no logical explanation for it. None. You can't really, it, the numbers just went. And Mike brought up a good point. This, the, the Last year's team heading into the season was going to be the sexy team. I did not, no one expected that offensive progression. 
excuse me, progression. Wow, regression. And yeah. I think I, th- I think in terms of Badu, I think Badu, I'm so high on Akil Badu. I think he's going to be a player, give me a serviceable player. But some of these guys, if you think about it now, last year we're talking about Derek Hill at this point. Now you have other guys that are much better than Derek Hill, who, by the way, is still hasn't signed. There's no, the, he's, the, the, the he's, he's in the Nets. Minor league is a minor league deal, right? Yeah, yeah. Apparently, also the Nationals also signed Moreno. There's some Moreno, There's Moreno. So apparently, yeah. and and Candelario. So the Nationals love Tigers, apparently. So, but if you notice, was it Harold Castro? The Harold Castro hasn't signed yet, right? I, Harold has not. League. No, I think Willie yeah. and, and Victor have uh, minor league deals. So. Yeah, Willie with the Twins and Victor with the White Sox. The White Sox. And yeah, we're, we're going to see them. Yeah, Victor Reyes. Minor league, but here's the thing. Minor league deals. That's what other teams thought about our players. About, excuse yeah. me, that's what they thought about Detroit Tigers. And in terms of home run, and here's where, and, and no one brings up being deep in the outfields. It wasn't an issue before. All of a sudden, last year became an issue. That's what, my, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's, yeah, go ahead, Chris. So, Everybody agrees that Comerica Park is very deep in center field. It, it yes. robs some home runs there. It also provides much more offense otherwise. More doubles, more triples, more singles, more walks, actually. It, it's Comerica Park, for, for a decade, from 2007 to 2016, was a top five home ballpark in baseball for offense because the Tigers had major league hitters. They, they weren't in the top ten. I think they were ninth in home runs. Everything else was top five. RBIs, runs, average, OPS plus, or OPS. We don't want to get the plus involved because that's park factors. But, yeah, it, it's it's a fine offensive ballpark when you have good hitters. When you have guys that can't hit the ball, it's hard to score there. And But if you get a, a pull power guy, think like peak Brian Dozier, right? He'd still hit 45 home runs in Comerica Park because it's completely fair down the lines to the pull field. It just gets a little wonky out in center field. So don't hit the ball to center field as much. Yeah, but when, the, when the Tigers were at their best, Austin Jackson, all our middling out, Andy Dirks, all those platoon guys, they were hitting the ball into the gaps and getting on base for Cabrera, Fielder, Martinez to do the real damage. There's no reason the lineup can't be built like that right now. There's no reason that Riley Green can't hit a double for, or Baez can't hit a double for Torkelson to come up and hit the home run and build a lineup around the park. That's what Demorowski yeah. did all those years. And Owen, yeah, that Owen brings up a painful point, but he's actually right. You don't sign Baez at first place, either home run or strikeout. No. To a certain extent, I, think, I agree with that. Go ahead, Chris. I, I, well, just always a reminder that, that the guy who signed Javi Baez was then fired. So the guy who's in charge of the Tigers now did not sign Javi Baez. And I don't think he would have. We don't know. He's got a relationship yeah. with Baez. But I've said before, you you can win with Javi Baez, but he has to be like your fourth or fifth best hitter. You can't have him be your number one hitter because he's too streaky. Right. So, yeah. So there's that. But as Cameron was saying, like, yeah, if, if Torkelson and Green round into form the way that, that everybody hoped, and that it's not a guaranteed thing by any means. Then you can you could certainly build around those two guys because those are gap to gap hitters with power, and uh, and also some patience, right? So it's not a bad place to be. You just need you need more guys like that. And Harris is in the process of trying to get as many guys who who hit the ball hard and get on base. So we'll see. Fans wanted fans wanted action this offseason, right? <laughs> Thursday we 
you guys talked about this a little bit. Here you go. I, I don't know what else. To, again, one of those things where you damn if you do, damn if you don't. To me, I like this. I like this whole idea of, of some sort of trying something new. So one last thing, because I know Michigan, Michigan State time for anybody who watches college basketball. And also, I got to go write an article for Woodward Sports, breaking this down a little bit. So anybody on our YouTube chat right now, of course, on the audio form, if you want to have any, for the questions for the show, by the way, before the show, woodwardtigers at gmail.com, Woodward, woodwardtigers at gmail.com for questions for the show throughout the week. We always get them on, on Twitter, but for anybody who's not on Twitter or is on Facebook, feel free to reach us out at woodwardtigers at gmail.com. And Jeremy has a question here. I love Javi. Do you think he'll opt out though? Well, based off the the fact that the market's going to be trash next year, or not trash, but it's not going to not looking very good. I would think so. Both his legs work, unlike Gray. <laughs> so, like, yeah. Well, I'm trying to remember. I, I don't know who what other shortstops might have opt outs next year. I don't know if anybody else does. So. Yeah, if he has a decent year, he's looking at potentially being the the one of the better hitters of the market. The only problem is that I think he'll be over thirty at that point. Is he already over thirty? I don't think. And, and he turns thirty this year, so yeah. it may be it may be a gamble for him to to hope that he can get a higher or more money. But if he has a good year, it wouldn't shock me at all. So Henry Breen Sports, our YouTube chat asked, should the Tiger sign Jurgensen, Jurgensen, or is it Profar? Jurgensen Profar, yeah. Jurgsen Profar. I personally think because he's going to benefit from the switch or from the lack of or lack of uh, the shift, the switch, the shift. I think that'd be a good idea to answer him or to sign him. I like Profar a lot. I like the upside. He's a veteran bad. He could also play a couple of vers- positions. But I think if he was, I think he was interested in, I think he would have signed by now. But he might be looking for a multi-year deal and the Tigers might be just giving out one-year deal. I don't know what you guys think. Yeah, I mean that's that's my general thought is is that it might have made sense to I don't know I keep talking about this like I I don't see a, a whole lot of point in signing guys who are just gonna kind of approve you by one or two wins this year and I could see a point of signing the big stars who are out there and might help you win four or five more games for the next four or five years those are the super expensive guys but for a team like this you're just when you when you sign guys like that you're just kind of kicking the can down the road, right? You're waiting until, and you're not finding out anything about your minor leaguers that you you want to find out if they can actually play. So I, I, I Profar, I think, is a good player. He didn't grade out terribly well as a left fielder, but he's a good switch hitter and, and a good offensive player. Walks a lot, right? So I wouldn't hate it if they added him. I just, I don't see a huge point in it. What about you, Yeah, Tim? I'm with you, Chris. I think the upside, he had a career year last year. And now the hitting coach with the Padres that helped him with that career year is now with the Tigers. So there's something there if you like the hitting coach. I know Profar is a good clubhouse guy, and him and Scope have been friends since they were like children. So there's something there, but I think at this point he's just more depth, slightly better bat probably than Badu and Carpenter, but we're getting kind of full in the outfield now. So Yeah. And and the reason why you bring in Profar is if you don't believe that Carpenter and Badu are going to be playing on a regular basis, that's the only reason why I would think to bring them in. So they they might feel comfortable with their outfield right now. There was a question in there about should the Tigers sign Trevor Bauer? Absolutely not. No, absolutely not. no reason to. There's no reason to. The Tigers, I think, 
in terms of pitching depth right now, uh, you have Flores, you have Reese Olsen, you have a couple other guys. And quite frankly, I, a couple of years ago, I suggested for it, but Trevor Bauer is what he is. He's always been, always will be. He's an asshole. And he's a guy who just is causing more of a distraction. The Tigers don't need that kind of distraction right now. So, and he doesn't fit that chemistry that they're looking for anyway. So it's, it um, would be huge negative PR. And, and like you said, He's he's a guy who's had issues in clubhouses ever since he joined baseball. He's basically got oppositional defiant disorder. So he, he's like, he's always right. He's the know-it-all. He's smarter than everybody else. That's not a guy you want on your team, right? Like, he's he was very talented, and you can talk about due process and, and guilty until, or innocent until proven guilty or whatever. But, yeah, you don't need that attraction. You don't need that guy in the locker room at all. I mean, it's Zach Greinke. If Zach Greinke was, like, actually an asshole, which... And despite how bad this team is, they have a pretty good clubhouse, like mojo and chemistry going on. So why ruin that for someone who for that. won't? Yeah, he'll, he'll bring a few extra wins, but maybe. Yeah, you don't know. He hasn't pitched in two years. So it's, it's uh, yeah, it's yeah. just it, it, he's like we were talking before. He's going to be pitching in Mexico or something like that, if anywhere. One last question, too. Will the Tigers resign Andrew Chafin now that Soto is gone? And that was the same thing from Henry Green's Sports. Chris, I'll let you kick this one off. I, I would have zero problems with it. It's up to you. It's kind of odd that Chafin hasn't signed yet because he was one of the better relievers in baseball last year. And, and But it wouldn't shock me if he doesn't like even have a working agent or whatever. He's just been working on his Trans Am all year, all offseason. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I would be fine with that because, again, I, like I said before, like relievers are very the, the the term people use is fungible, right? They they are come and go. So if you need a, another reliever and and he's the best one available and you have money, go ahead and sign him. And then maybe you could trade him this year the way that Tigers probably should have at the deadline last year. But yeah, that's up to it's it's up to Chafin, right? If I were him, I think I might want to be on a contender more than the Tigers again. But he doesn't seem like that kind of dude. He just wanted to play with the Tigers because it was close to his home in Ohio, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which makes me think he's waiting for Cleveland to knock on his door. But yeah, and that wouldn't yeah. shock me at all. And that would be a good move for Cleveland, I think. Definitely. All right, folks. Well, we're out of time. And also, I got, I'm going to jump on a call. Now it's a trade at three o'clock with Scott here. So I'll be providing some quotes from that and what have you. So that will be part of the article. So more to come. Go to wilbertersports.com. Check out all the great content. All it's really including Chris's, well, a Michigan State game started already. But still, there's a Michigan-Michigan State preview to talk about Lions and Packers on Sunday night. It's going to be a great, great matchup. Regardless of what happens, it's still going to be, I think, a good game and more. So everything you want to go, WoodwardSports.com, check out all our shows. We were just live yesterday at Planet Fitness in Southgate. And by the way, if you are a owner of, if you know somebody that owns a bar or location if you want woodward tigers to come out and do a live show let us know we're also looking for sponsorship opportunities as well so if you want to do something with woodward tigers by all means it is a fast moving parts of a few people and cameron really thank you again for coming on such a notice and chris thanks again i know you're the, those the, the sick by the way I, yeah. no I, I took some medication when i had it and yeah it was i i had a dream that i was i owned a liquor store in the worst part of Detroit. And for whatever reason, I had, my beard was longer. And that's the only thing I remember in my dream. And I just stand there and watch people go by and I was eating Fritos the entire time. I have no idea what that is. So, so yes. you know it's a dream because they should have been Takis. Yeah. Oh, I don't like Takis, by the way. Don't like them. 
Then don't care for him. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, Jack. Thanks, Harrison. Thanks, guys, for coming on. Jeremy as well. Absolutely. Jeremy Anderson, the GOAT over here as well. Everybody for all the questions. And uh, we'll be posting this podcast here with the next. So if you want to check us out on our podcast, we'll have it up in the next, probably the next half hour. But until then, we'll talk to you next week unless something else happens. And uh, yeah, we'll be caught off guard again, but we'll talk baseball soon. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thanks, guys. Thanks.